Hello, and welcome to Soulful Wildflowers, a podcast where we explore topics and modalities to help raise your vibration, strengthen your internal guidance system, and your connection with self. I'm Carrie, a writer, emotional wellness coach, empath, and explorer of spirituality. My goal is to awaken the lightworker inside of you by discussing topics you may have previously thought out of reach. So welcome to Woo Woo 101, a down-to-earth approach to spirituality. As Dolly Parton once said, wildflowers don't care where they grow. So no matter where you are in your awakening, years in or just starting to explore, you're exactly where you need to be. We're so grateful you're here and can't wait to grow with you. So hello, everybody, and welcome. This is another episode of the Soulful Wildflowers podcast. And today I am here with my BFF, Jess Rand. So Jess, welcome to the show. Hi. And today we're going to talk about how our expectations shape our reality. Um, which is something that we posted in the Soulful Wildflowers Community Facebook group. I did a little poll to see um, like what topics folks would be interested in. And this by far was, you know, the lead um, for all the suggestions that we have. And Laura's live with us and says, hello. Good morning, Laura. Hello. (laughs) So just before we get started, just to give a little background um, for our relationship here. So I was thinking this morning, um, <laughs> like how to introduce you and, um, you know, just thinking back and I realized, so Jess and I actually went to school together, elementary, elementary through high school. And I think we became friends in like sixth grade. Mm-hmm. So I had to think back. That was like 1993 and Ooh. we're in 2021. I was like, oh my God, we've almost been friends for 30 years, girl. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. It's like, it makes, it makes my heart light up, but at the same time, it hurts my soul. (laughs) Like that's a long time. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought, I thought that was cool to set the, set the groundwork with because, um, you know, and, and we were kind of talking a little earlier Um, I usually like to have talking points for my podcast episodes in case there's ever like a lull or um, some sort of drag in the conversation. Like, you know, I I don't want it to stall. And I was like, I don't think we're going to have that problem because usually when we get together, my husband's like, you know, okay, I'll see you tomorrow because when we get together and we start talking, the conversation, it's really hard for us to end the conversation. So um, yeah, we we'll always try to come keep up it with in the hour time box. Something new. Yeah. All right. But so today we're going to talk about expectations. Um, and I think this is a really great topic because sometimes we set expectations on other individuals, one without even realizing it but also without communicating to them that we have these expectations. And so, you know, this whole idea about shaping your reality, it's entirely in your control how you present these expectations to another individual. And by doing so, like you are shaping your reality because you're giving them the opportunity to, um, 
really understand where you're coming from, but also like respect those expectations, those boundaries, those opinions that you have. And if, if you don't say anything, then you end up with all this like friction and, and bickering and back and forth and like you're creating it, you know, with, and you may not even realize it. And sometimes I think that's really hard for people to also accept is that like this friction in their relationship is something that they need to own and take action or control over. Like we, we like to, kick the ball right and and pass the blame onto the other person when in reality like we are in total control of that to an extent yeah I, this topic speaks to me a lot um i'm a person who has always leaned very heavily on expectations not just for others but for myself and for situations my family always makes fun of me you know when i was a kid I would sit at the breakfast table and ask my mom what was for dinner because I wanted to know what to expect. And so this has been an uphill battle for me, <laughs> especially recently with a lot of <laughs> changes that have happened in my personal life. I'm a, a first time mom with an almost nine month old. So there's been a lot of changes to expectations in my life. And I deal with expectations a lot in my professional life as well. I'm an HR manager, and I think I say the word expectations more than any other word throughout the course of the day, <laughs> um, because it really applies to any relationship that you're in, whether it's personal, professional, so uh, you know, your partner, a friend, a, you know, a family member, a coworker, your boss. Expectations are such a huge part of our life, and how we manage those expectations with others and for ourselves and what we do when our expectations aren't met um, can be the source of a lot of frustration for, I know of myself and a lot of people. And I spent a lot of time, especially recently, really digging deep and trying to assess how I can relieve some of that frustration and manage those expectations more in a more healthy way. Yeah. And I, I want to give an example. So if, if you're listening and you're tuning in, um, you know, an example of an expectation, I, I think some people can feel like they have to be these really big, elaborate, like, um, you know, let's say like a relationship with a partner, you know, I want to be married by this age, or I want, you know, five children or whatever, you know, like, it, like you said, it's not just your relationship with a partner, but, but and it, and it ties so heavily into boundaries as well. Like yeah. you can set an expectation that I'm only available to be talked to or like communicated with or, or reached, you know, like, I don't know, 8 a.m. through 8 p.m. And if you're constantly, you have a friend that like messages you at midnight for whatever reason, and they want to talk and you answer the phone, you're not setting an expectation to them that you're only available between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m., right? So this is just an example of, um, you know, it doesn't have to be like this huge, you know, deep-rooted, what am I trying to say? Like like this very deep-rooted um, subject. It can be something as simple as your availability. Yeah. Or just how you live your life with, with a partner, you know, if it's a, a saying good morning or, you know, 
if you could just not, not talk to me for a few minutes when I first wake up in the morning or when I first walk through the door. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I was, I was doing a little bit of research, um, because I'm OCD like this. And I read this article by Tony Robbins. Um, and if you don't know who Tony Robbins is, I definitely recommend look him up. Um, he's like a big, um, self-development guru and, this article was, you know, all about expectations, but he's like, if you have a certain expectation on how you fold towels Mm -hmm. and your partner has a different, you know, expectation or method for folding towels, like you might get frustrated because they're folding it one way and you want it another way. And so an example of this in real life with myself is, (laughs) this is so bad, but dishes, doing the dishes, like obviously I want my husband to help me with the household chores. And I used to get really upset because like dishes was not in his repertoire. Like he could care less about doing the dishes and they would sit in the sink. And I would, <laughs> this is so silly when I was in my twenties, um, cause we've been together for 13 years. I would leave the dishes in the sink and like, just pretend like they didn't exist thinking that he would get the hint eventually and do the dishes. <laughs> right. Of course he never did. So eventually I learned to set the expectation that, Hey, I could really use the help around the house. And just, even if you could do half of the dishes that are in the sink, again, we have three kids. So the dishes pile up pretty quickly, (laughs) you know, that's a huge help. Um, so one, just, just setting that expectation, but then also letting go of having to control the outcome Mm -hmm. because when he puts the dishes in the dishwasher, it's not the way that I put the dishes in the dishwasher and I am totally that person that goes back and rearranges the dishes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I have to, I have to pick my battles. Like Mm -hmm. do if, if I'm like, Oh, that's not the right way. You're doing it wrong. He's never going to do the dishes. Right. So I have to be willing to let go of that control and say that, you know, what, what it's the priority here. Is it, how the dishes are arranged or is it that I'm have, I have support and somebody's helping me out with, you know, our home and we're Mm -hmm. doing it together. Yeah. I think, you know, being realistic and reasonable in your expectations is really, really, really important from, you know, any, any standpoint. And in like looking at your example, I think a lot of people, I know I've gotten sucked into this and it sounds like you got sucked into that early on as well, that, one of the most unrealistic and unhealthy expectations is that somebody can read your mind. You know, if you don't, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, it starts with that. Like if you don't speak to what your expectations are, you can't expect them to know that they even exist. So I feel like that's always a really great starting point with, you know, establishing healthy expectations is one understanding what they are for your, you know, for the situation, but for then yourself, two, yeah. communicating them because the worst expectation you can have is that somebody will be able to read your mind. Cause that is never going to happen. Yeah. I can, I can think of so many scenarios, you know, just, and it's when I think back now, like I'm very thankful for the, the growth that I've done, because when I think back now on my, like my twenties and my relationship with Wes, how many like arguments and Mm -hmm. how much frustration I would hold because of things that I just simply didn't communicate, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I love that point of like, people can't read your mind. (laughs) We want so badly, like, 
shouldn't you just know that you're supposed to help me here? No, they shouldn't. Like, how how are they supposed to know? And it can be more than just um, more than just the dishes and and towel folding and those like kind of more mundane things, but mm-hmm. like how many children you want, or like if you have an expectation in a relationship of um, you know you want you have certain life goals. If you don't communicate those, you know, how's your partner going to know where to meet you? Or maybe they have totally different values and you have to kind of, I don't want to say negotiate, negotiate is not really the right word, but like come to a conclusion with each other that Mm -hmm. it's okay that you have different goals and you have different values, but how can you like meet them together? Yeah. So I think that's important too, is that not just expressing your own goals or your own expectations, but Mm -hmm. giving your partner the space to do the same. And like you said, it's not just romantic relationships, but with your family, that's a Mm -hmm. huge trigger, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anybody dealing with family, always a huge trigger because they know you really well. And um, I think as we get older, like our parents could have certain expectations of us and we may not, I Hell, I know as a mother, for sure, like, I expect certain things of my kids and they're really young and they don't always meet them. So mm-hmm. cleaning is a big example. <laughs> I'm, I'm very, I, I need things organized. I need things in their place. It helps me with my anxiety and my kids could care two poops about mm-hmm. things being organized and clean. So again, it kind of goes back to letting go of that control a little bit and realizing that it's, it's kind of a process. Like also, and I'm sorry, I know I'm rambling, but (laughs) also you can't expect somebody like, okay, here's my expectation on how you should fold a towel. And then all of a sudden they're going to fold towels like that for the rest of their lives. Like you, you have to give a grace period and like, let them work through how to get there and meet you with that expectation. Yeah, I deal with this a lot um, in a professional capacity. I'm an HR manager and I have um, managers that come to me a lot when they want to terminate somebody or fire somebody. And they say, you know, Jane, I'm so frustrated with Jane. They're just not cutting it anymore. I think it's time to let them go. And my first question to them is, okay, what expectations are they not meeting? And they'll, you know, ramble on all these mistakes that they've made. And then I say, okay, well, have you communicated what the expectations are to that person effectively and, and, and reasonably? And are those expectations realistic and reasonable for that, for that person in that role? You know, we kind of go through this thoughtful process together. And then, you know, have you, if they're not meeting those expectations, have you given them feedback that they're not meeting those expectations? Have you coached them on how to meet those expectations? Have you given them the realistic tools, resources, and opportunity to meet those expectations. If you can say yes to all of those questions, I love that. You know, if you can say yes to all those questions, then we can have a conversation about next steps. But if you can't, then we need to talk about how to get you to those, those answers. And I think that I know, not that I can fire my husband, but I find myself (laughs) applying that situation a lot to, you know, the fundamentals of a lot of the relationships that I'm in. Um, and that is a process that I look to myself for first, you know, is before I get frustrated, I ask myself those questions. And a lot of times I find some of the answers are no, 
And that's where a lot of the frustration is stemming from. And then I kind of try to unpack that and dig into make turning those Absolutely. answers. Yes. So um, just really quick, we have a couple of folks that have joined us on Facebook. So I just want to give a shout out. Melissa says, good morning. Elaine's joined and she's watching. So good morning, ladies. Thank you for joining us. Um, but I really love the comment that you made about have you given them the resources mm -hmm. to change, right? So, you know, even if you go through the whole process, you set the expectation and I think, oh my gosh, so you have an, an infant essentially, mm -hmm. um, you know, he's, he's under one and babies are a huge shift for parents. I mean, yeah. <laughs> nobody can prepare you for raising a child. Like you just can't, but at the same time, like this is a great example. If, you know, if you want your husband to help you change poopy diapers and he's never done it before, you know, yeah. have you given him the resources <laughs> to do it? You can't, yeah, you can't just toss them the baby and say good luck, right? Yeah. You, and and you wouldn't expect that like if if you hire a childcare person to to watch your son and they've they have no experience whatsoever, you wouldn't just expect them to know, to right? Know, so right. why are, are we expecting our spouse? Yeah. Right, right. So yeah, is, giving that, is that individual resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we um just like you and your husband, Joe and I have been together for 13 years as well. Um, and we really, before having a child, had gotten into a really good groove. We knew each other really well. You know, one of our favorite aspects of our relationship together was how we worked really well together as a team. We knew the expectations. We knew how to meet them. We, you know, we communicated really well. And then we had a baby and everything was flipped upside down. <laughs> and... I found myself getting frustrated so often because I was still in that mindset of, well, we know each other. We know the groove. We know how, like, I shouldn't have to say these things. I shouldn't have to do this. And it was, I had to kind of take a step back and realize that the, the target had moved very drastically and we both needed to adjust and reset our expectations and reevaluate and reconfigure and, you know, kind of learn together how to navigate in this new place. And we've done a lot of, we've had a lot of conversations where we've just, okay, well, I'm frustrated because of this. And well, I didn't know you were frustrated because of this. How, you know, how can I help that? You know, one of my favorite things about him is that he will come to me and say, you know, he may not know what to do, but he'll come to me and say, how can I help? You know, and he, that's him telling me, mm -hmm. I need you to, to give me the resource. I need you to give me more information for me to be able to meet your expectations. And that's been something that I've really focused a lot on hearing, you know, and taking that to heart when we're in that moment. Yeah. And I, oh, excuse me. I, oh man, I just had a brain fart. I had a response <laughs> and I just lost it. I totally brain farted. I feel like, so Wes and I just went through this yesterday and I can't remember, I can't remember what the example is, but um, just to go back on what you were saying about, you know, that going from not having a baby to having a baby, yeah. and the change that happens is that allow, and I just talked about this on my last podcast, 
podcast episode, but allow change, like change Mm -hmm. is going to happen in your life and your expectations can also change. Yeah. So don't be so rooted in your current expectations or the, like we're talking about relationships, whoever the other person on the other side is allow their expectations, whether it's a view or, um, you know, of themselves, allow them to grow and evolve. Just like when you're talking about jobs, you know, you, your boss is going to expect you to grow in your role. Mm-hmm. Like how are you going to level up or change positions yeah. or you know, in, inspire growth if you're not willing to change your expectations. So I think that's really important too, that, you know, you have to allow change. Cause mm-hmm. I think we can be so rooted in our expectations yeah. that don't allow the other person to grow because it makes us uncomfortable because now we have to change our expectations. That's definitely something that I've struggled with in the past and have put a lot of effort into working towards very recently um, because of, of our current situation. And I think going along those lines as well, you know, having the ability to be flexible um, and making adjustments to expectations when you're realizing that maybe the expectations are not feasible to be met or, you know, just, it's a very fluid process. And I think it's important to be able to not get stuck in, you know, oh, it has to be done this, you know, this way, it has to happen this way. And I had this plan and this is the way it was supposed to go. Um, you know, I think expectations are, are great, but you also have to be, you know, realistic with yourself and your partner, or your friend, your family member, whoever, and that, what do you do when they're just realistically not capable of meeting those expectations? Um, that's another thing that I've over the years had to put a lot of, of effort into because, you know, once you learn to express expectations or identify them and express them and, and try to work towards them, that doesn't always mean that it's this magical pill you swallow and everything works from that point forward. I think, um, rainbows and unicorns. No. Yeah. It's, you know, I've, I've had some personal situations where I, was very clear in my boundaries and my expectations and the person on the other end of it was just not receptive and not willing to meet me in the middle. And I think you spoke to that, you know, you have to kind of coach and, and try to find a you know, common ground and working towards meeting those expectations together. But I had a situation where I was not met in the middle whatsoever. And that person was not receptive and it was a person that, you know, um, was very important to me in my life. And I had to, I I actually was speaking with a therapist about it. And that, that the one thing that really, really stuck with me from that, that conversation was, you know, if you've done everything that you can to set those expectations, ask them to meet you in the middle and, and work towards meeting those expectations together. And they're just not willing. You have two choices. You can say, okay, well, the, pain or the stress or the frustration that this situation is causing me is too much. And it's just not worth having that person in my life. If they're not willing to meet me in the middle and work, work to come to a better place. Or if you can't say that, and if that person is too important to you and you say, 
I want this person in my life, she said to me, we have to readjust your expectations because that person clearly is not capable of meeting them or willing to meet them. Absolutely. So if you want that person in your life, how, like, you, if you don't want to be upset and frustrated all the time, you have to readjust your expectations for them. And that was just this aha moment for me. And I've thought about it so That's many very times powerful. since then. And in that relationship, when I've come across frustrating moments where that person behaves the way they always behave, and I've not been able to get them to acknowledge and accept that that is something that upsets me. I, I made the choice of keeping them in my life and realizing that I will have to control the boundary in a little bit of a different way and maybe not approach certain topics with them. Um, but when we re reach those frustrating moments, I've learned, had to teach myself to say, well, what did you expect? This is, we know this is how this person operates <laughs> and you know, yeah. okay, we, we touched too close to that boundary and we need to back off of it a little bit. And I, that's been a really healthy change for me because, you know, the alternative was walking away from that person and not having them there anymore. And I, I made the choice to not do that. So in order for me to not constantly be frustrated with this person and, and upset about the relationship, I had to really readjust my expectations and know that there were going to be situations that where that person did not operate the way I would have liked them to and just kind of comes with the territory with them. So that's helped me a lot when it comes, you know, cause you can make all the efforts, but it doesn't always mean that person is going right. to work with you. And, and you kind of have to be able to know how to approach that when that comes and, and being flexible with that as well. I love that. I think that's so powerful because, you know, identifying so right we're not just going to have one expectation right we're going to have a series of expectations on a variety of different subjects and you really have to prioritize mm -hmm. you know where am i what are my non-negotiables yeah you know like if you're in a real you know the example i used earlier was my husband doing the dishes and not putting them in the dishwasher the way i want them to or i expect them to mm -hmm. you know is that really going to be breaker in our relationship no yeah so i adjust my expectations that okay he's he's helping around with the household chores mm -hmm. which is what i need that's the help i truly need that's what matters to me is that support not how he does the dishes so you know but to your point if you have somebody who maybe has substance abuse for mm -hmm. as an example if you have a, a relationship common. with somebody yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that a lot of individuals use, um, they have unhealthy ways of dealing with their emotions because they don't know better. They just yeah. truly don't. And so if they're not willing to get the help or, you know, you've, like you said, you can offer as just like this podcast, it, it's an offering to help individuals on their journey to help better themselves. But just because we're talking about boundaries and expectations doesn't mean that somebody's going to actually incorporate that into their life. God, I hope you do. <laughs> you know, I hope this is helpful and I hope you do. But if you have somebody who is not budging, there are going to be moments in your life, especially if you're on this type of journey where you're constantly leveling up and bettering yeah. yourself, people are going to drop mm -hmm. and you need to let, like, you need to be willing to let them go because you know, oh gosh, I think this was, I was just talking, um, my last 
podcast episode with um, Beth and Court, and um, they were saying how the importance of your support team and the individuals that you surround yourself with need, should be people who encourage you to take mm -hmm. chances and encourage you to to be willing to step outside the box a little bit in those uncomfortable, like those awkward zones, yeah. um, not bringing you down, right? Like you want a support system that's cheering you on and not like, why did you do that? What mm -hmm. are you doing? Like, Having that are you safe sure space you to be vulnerable. Yes, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's their fear talking is their, their fear of, you know, maybe you messing up or losing your job or I don't know all the things, but, um, I just want to share that, like this idea of setting expectations, you have to realize that there's going to be a moment where you're going to come across your non-negotiables and people aren't going to meet them. And like you said, you either adjust your expectations or if it is a non-negotiable, it is if like your top three, your top 10, whatever, however many you have, and you say, it's just that I can't live life this way. If this is not in my wheelhouse anymore. And you let those people go. And it's hard, but you also have to recognize you're not going to be able to continue your journey or they're going to cause a lot of friction, right? A lot of friction mm -hmm. in your journey um, if you continue to support their behavior or, um, engage in those conversations that cause a lot of friction and cause you a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, you know, in looking at this topic of expectations and, and how they impact our reality, you know, if your reality is that you're constantly frustrated or you're constantly feeling friction and tension and you're constantly upset and you've set the expectations, it's not, it's not reasonable for somebody to expect that you maintain that, that state constantly. And it's not realistic for somebody to expect that you're going to stay stagnant and, and not move forward in life because of them. So I think that, you know, sometimes you, you, in this process, you have to come across, you come across situations where you're really faced with some, some difficult decisions to make, but you have to kind of keep in mind your priorities, your goals, and where you're trying, what you're trying to get out of it. And if people aren't on board with that, then maybe they're not the right people. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I always love our conversations. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it always makes my soul feel good. I always joke oh. that it's like, um, you know, the, the book chicken soup for your soul or whatever. I always refer to our conversation, yeah. <laughs> chicken soup for my soul. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, you know, one thing that I, I also wanted to touch on here that I think is really important is when, when is the right opportunity or when is the right time to have these conversations? Mm -hmm. Because I know for me, if I'm in a state, especially like when my anxiety is really flared and my husband is so fantastic about recognizing when I'm like irritable and in a state where I'm not receptive, I'm just not, especially with like I, my blinders come on when my anxiety flares, I have a really hard time. I get overstimulated. Um, I, I just can't process things and I need like quiet and space in those moments. So 
I think it's really important one to recognize your limitations of when you can have these conversations, <laughs> but also the other individual, you know, if they're if they if you have a relationship with somebody who has anxiety, you know, obviously don't engage with them in these types of conversations because all they're going to hear is blame and shame and those kind of denser emotions. If you have somebody who um, maybe experiences anger and frustration and again, their their blinders are on, they're not going to be receptive to what you're trying to communicate. So I think it's really important when you're having these conversations, not to have them in those heightened moments. Oh boy. Um, all you're going to do one is create more friction. <laughs> <laughs> like, and especially because you're, you're in the moment and you're like, if you're a very passionate individual, which I know that you are, um, it's like, you really want to get your point across. And mm -hmm. sometimes you can be like, no, no, no. Like, listen, listen, listen. Yeah. But that other person won't receive it. If your tone, your, your, the way you're holding your body, if you're really tense and like yelling and they're not going to hear you like yeah. Charlie Brown teacher, want, 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 like that's all they're going to hear. So it's so important to be like, look, there, this is a, a, this is a subject of friction. We need to talk about it, but now's not the time. Let's, I need to go for a walk and cool off. <laughs> I need X, Y, Z. Let, you know, put this on the table. We are talking about it, but I need some time. Yeah, I have been guilty of this so badly over the years and my poor, my poor Joe, um, I'm like you said, a very passionate person <laughs> and a very emotional person. And I have learned, and he has helped me to learn that when I'm in that state of really heightened emotion and really heightened stress, I don't communicate well, and I don't express my feelings in a healthy way. And you know, for him, he was, he's always been really, he, he has found a way over the years to get through to me and make me realize that while he wants to have those conversations, it's not productive in that moment. And it's yeah. taken me a lot, a lot to really, like, I used to feel like he was trying to stifle my emotions and, and, you know, Ooh, control that's a my good point. Emotions. And I, it took me a lot of time to realize and a lot of, of really open conversations between the two of us once the dust settled that, you know, a healthy, constructive conversation comes with thought and clarity. And you're not always able to have that in, in the heat of the moment. And in we've, the moment, yeah. we've almost gotten to a point where we have, it's like, we have like a safe word where it's like, okay, <laughs> I've reached, I, I, I either, he'll say, you know, I'm having a difficult time having this conversation with you right now. I think we need to table this, clear our heads and, and address it later. Or I've learned to realize when I'm in that state where I can't, my thoughts are too jumbled and I can't express my emotions clearly anymore to say, I, I, I need to continue this conversation. I haven't really effectively communicated what I need to, but I, I, I'm not capable of doing it right now in this moment. Can we talk about it later? Can we please revisit this? And that has changed so much for us. And we've gotten to a point where like we get in a heated conversation and I'll say, I can't talk about this right now, but we need to come back and revisit this later. I think this is something that is important. And to take it even a step further, 
when I have calmed down, I'll say to him, hey, this afternoon, can we set aside some time to talk? Because I've really thought through some things and, and I think we, you know, we should, I'm ready to have a more productive conversation about it. And that helps him to kind of come to that conversation. Yeah, I ready and mentally prepared to hear, hear it. And it, you know, it goes the other way as well. Yeah, there's two big things that I want to just reiterate that you said that I think are huge. One is this idea of a safe word. So I work in IT and when I'm working with developers, sometimes we get in, so I'm, I'm a product owner and, and like a project manager essentially. Um, and what product wants versus what development is trying to do, like we get into these conversations where it just kind of loops in a circle and there's, there's no, like you can recognize a point when there's everybody's burnt out. There's no actual outcome that's going to come out of this meeting. And so we use the word burrito and it sounds <laughs> ridiculous, but if anybody at any time can say burrito and regardless of where we are in the conversation, we stop it and we reschedule a, a meeting for a later time. Mm -hmm. So it may sound ridiculous, but seriously, that it's like waving giving, away flag, like I'm at my limit. Right. And, and you're respecting that other person's boundary. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think also having a fun word like that really like lightens the yeah. mood a little oh, bit okay. and like, okay. And you know what? I guarantee if, if you haven't tried this and you do try it, I guarantee both of you will be like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> you know, like you'll, you'll sense relief. But also the second thing that you mentioned is scheduling time. Like, don't just say, let's talk about this later. Mm -hmm. Say at three o'clock this afternoon, we're going to talk about this because I, I think what happens is you'll say later and you don't. And then that next episode of when that boundary or that expectation isn't met comes up, it explodes and you're still frustrated and, and there's no, yeah. um, you know, no, no, nothing has been resolved. Right. So being willing to say, kind of gauge when, you know, maybe you need a whole day tomorrow morning when we wake up, like, like coffee time tomorrow morning, we're going to talk about this further or yeah. whatever that time is. But scheduling that time is, is very important because you're setting the expectation that you're mm -hmm. going to talk about it again and like literally talk about it, not just like sometime in the foreseeable, foreseeable future and it'll never happen. Yeah, I have made the mistake of not being clear enough and saying, okay, let's sit down this afternoon after we complete this task and, and do have this conversation. And then, you know, the day gets away from us and we're getting into bed at the end of the night and I'm still, you know, I had, I had mentally prepared for that conversation and I'm going through, you know, winding down for the night and I'm unpacking the day and I still have this like nagging we were supposed to talk about this. And I, I, you know, I sat down and I thought through all these things and now it's all jumbled and stuck in my head. And then I find myself bringing it up when we're in bed, trying to go to bed. And there's nothing worse than having this type of a conversation when you're trying to end the day <laughs> with, with your partner. And if you really want to frustrate them and, and to get a bad response, do that. <laughs> um, and I, you know, over the years, like, Joe has been really good about setting that boundary with me and saying, I want our bedroom and our bed and our evenings to be a good and happy time. And let's not have those conversations when we're laying in bed, trying to wind down and, and prepare for the next day. 
Um, so he's set those expectations with me that that's not a healthy way to address it with him. And so, you know, we, and he's also set that expectation that it's helpful for him to be able to mentally prepare for that conversation and have his thoughts gathered when I tell him, Hey, this afternoon or, you know, after dinner, can we talk about X, Y, and Z and letting him know what it is that I would like to talk about, because then I'm giving him a fair chance to think through everything, come to that conversation with thoughts and be prepared. And, um, you know, I've had to, to work on listening to his expectations for how to address these situations and his boundaries and meet him in the middle. And we've really learned to communicate a lot more effectively um, by following some of that. So I just want to share really quick because your husband's a rock star in the sense <laughs> that like he likes to communicate. Like there's yes. nothing more that Joe loves than communicating. <laughs> you know him. <laughs> so yeah. I just wanna I just wanna share this because you know, some people don't like communicating. My husband is one of those people. Like, unless it's a subject that he loves, like talking about deer <laughs> and <laughs> and you know, the farm and he he's not like an overly emotional person who really likes to get into the nitty gritty and like conceptualize and work through details and like, that's not him. And so I can't set the expectation that we're going to have this whole like fulfilling conversation and I'm going to walk away feeling like, so, you know, my soul's on fire. <laughs> it's just, that's just not his style. Right. So I also have to realize when we're having those conversations that it's probably going to be all of five minutes and, and very quick and him responding. Okay. Is about as much as I'm going to get. And that's okay. So I just, I just want to say that because, you know, again, that's an expectation, like based on your relationship with whomever you're talking to, mm -hmm. again, doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. Like, the way a person responds, you have to acknowledge that they're their own individual and they may not respond the way. So I'm the type of person where to prep for a conversation, I have the conversation with the other person in my head. Like, I don't know if you do this, but like, I literally have full blown conversations. And sometimes I get to the point where I'm like, did we really talk about that? Or was that just me talking to myself? <laughs> and so you know, I'll, I'll go through this process and then you get to the other person and they're like, okay, cool. Yeah. And you're like, well, that was kind of deflated. Like you feel like, oh, that, you that didn't really go well. But these things. yeah, it doesn't mean that they're not listening and it doesn't mean that they're not engaged in what you're saying or no. that they're not willing to try. You have to also, um, like you were saying earlier, you kind of change your expectations based on the individual. So yeah. I know my husband and obviously I know that like, I'm not going to be able to have a one hour monologue prepared. <laughs> He's going to tune out after the first like five minutes. Yeah. So if, if anything I say is like longer than that, I need to be really passionate about it. And I need to, to be like, I need you to hang in here. I'm almost done, you know? Yeah. So um, I just think it's important that you, like, like we were saying earlier, you got to meet the person in the middle mm -hmm. and, and kind of, 
you you have to be willing to 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 meet each other. Well, like I don't know I, a better way of saying that, but well, like I spoke to you before when I used the example with a manager coming to me wanting to terminate somebody, you know, are those expectations realistic and reasonable? And you have to know that person in like using your example, it's unrealistic to expect that Wes is going to sit and have an hour long dialogue with you about what's frustrating and how you were going to fix it. My husband, on the other hand, will talk in as long as you let him talk. <laughs> so it is unrealistic that we will have a short and concise and to the point conversation. We will go through every aspect of the situation until it's burned to the ground. <laughs> so, you know, I also have to be realistic and prepared to really have a thoughtful thought through. I have to come to that conversation, thought through everything because he will go into everything. I, and if I expected to do <laughs> every nook and cranny quick and to the point, say my piece and say, okay, let's move on. Just like you have to do with Wes. I, I would like, we would never have any resolution. So knowing the person that you're dealing with and being realistic and reasonable and your expectations is, is so important because again, that just when those things aren't aligned, it leads to so much frustration and, and friction. But yeah, yeah I think, you know, knowing what I know of Wes, <gasps> he's much more a man of action, you know, like you can, you'll tell him, he, he'll say, okay. And then yeah. you will see that change. The way he speaks to it is through his actions and learning how to appreciate that, I think is something that was probably an adjustment for you for sure. Cause I know like you and I have these wonderful conversations and they're very satisfying. And we, we always end up leaving these conversations feeling like, so just like juiced and like pumped. And I know you very well. And I know that's something that yeah. you appreciate a lot. So you've had to, over the years, learn to adjust your expectations and learn to, you know, seek validation from him in new ways than you would ideally for yourself. So, you know, maybe you have a conversation with him using your dishwasher example on the dishes, you know, seeing after you have that conversation after dinner, he'd pick up and, you know, wash the, you know, get the dishwasher loaded for you. It might not be the way you want it, but he made the effort. He heard what you said <laughs> and his actions are speaking to you in that moment. That was a huge, a huge realization in our relationship. So you, I'm sure you've heard of like the five love language mm -hmm. types or the, the five, something about the five love languages. Yeah. It's like affirmations, gift giving, acts of service. There's two um, more. Yeah. I can't um, touching, like, like, mm -hmm. like affection. So I'm physical touch. Yeah. So I'm a physical touch person. Like I recognize that you care for me. So I come from a huge family. There's a lot of hugging, a lot of kissing, a lot of we're Italian. Like there's, there's a lot of touch. We use our hands for everything. Um, so I was a touch person. Wes is acts of service. Like that's his love language. Like he will take out the trash and to him, that is him telling me he loves me. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't know that for the longest time. And like, that caused a lot of friction. I was like, why won't you hold my hand? Like he, like if we go out in public and I try to hold his hand, it'll last for all of five seconds. That's just not his <laughs> style. And like, if we're alone, that's, that's different. But like in public, he is not touchy. Like I can't snuggle up to him and like, he's not having it. 
Yeah. But to me, for the longest time, I was like, is there something wrong? Why, why he's not receptive? Like what's going on? And then I learned about this, like five, five love languages. And if for anybody who has not looked into that, I highly recommend it because yeah. it, it was huge in our relationship. And I use it with my kids too. It's not just like romantic relationships. Like Anna for sure is touchy feely girlfriend. Like she wants to snuggle. She wants to hold her. Yes. Ava (laughs) is words of affirmation. You are so strong. You are so smart. You are amazing. Like she wants to hear how awesome she is. And she will tell you how awesome she is. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not really sure about Elena yet. She's only one and a half. So, you know, right now we're still touchy feely, but, um, I think it's really important. Yeah, but it's it's really important just to go back on like how you communicate with somebody, how mm-hmm. you want to be communicated to versus how somebody else communicates may be different. And yeah. again, coming and meeting in the middle and acknowledging that there are differences, it doesn't mean that you can't have a relationship. Like Wes for sure is my yang to my yang, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we balance each other out where he's very like, free-flowing and does what he wants and goes with the wind. I am very structured and organized. And sometimes that helps, Mm -hmm. but other times I need more fluid, fluidity, fluidity. I need to be more fluid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. You have to neutralize you when you need to bring it back to another level. Yeah, definitely. So I, you know, polarity sometimes can be a good thing. It doesn't always have to be friction. Like if you can learn to work with it, um, mm-hmm. there can be a lot of benefits. To it. Yeah. That's such a good point because, um, you know, again, your expectations for how your relationships will, will go and in, in the interactions, if you can learn to appreciate, or if you can first understand how somebody operates, you know, in that relationship and learn to appreciate that and learn how to work with that, I think makes such a big difference in how you can have a relationship with, with somebody. And this is something that, um, you know, I've had to apply this in so many different situations with my family, with, you know, Joe and work situations. And I think, you know, learning to not expect that everybody will be just like you and really taking the time to learn that other person makes, I mean, yes. I guess using that word expect, right? Um, I think that that makes such a big difference in having healthy, healthy relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I always love our conversations. They're so amazing. <laughs> it just makes my heart sore. And we have actually, we're at the top of the hour here. So that went super fast. <laughs> I told, I was, <laughs> I was saying earlier, the problem with Jess and I is when we get together, like our conversations can last for hours. Like it's, yeah. and especially when we haven't seen each other or like had that opportunity to have those conversations, it can be an all day thing. So, but because we're in a podcast episode, I'm going to try to keep it to an hour. Um, so Jess, is there, is there anything like, if you could say, you know, your top, like top piece of advice for expectations? I know we've, I mean, we were kind of all over the place today, but if there's something that you are, or let's say like, if somebody wants to start, like they're feeling Mm -hmm. a lot of friction, feeling a lot of, um, frustration in their relationships, what's the first 
where's the first step for, for somebody that you would, you would give them? I think I would go with asking yourself the questions that I ask my managers or I ask myself when I'm feeling very frustrated, you know, what are the expectations? Are they realistic and reasonable? Have I expressed those expectations in a clear way? And have I given feedback that those expectations are not being met? So, you know, one, having that conversation and communicating with myself and understanding and really unpacking why I'm feeling that way. And then taking it a step further once I've gotten those answers and really learning how to effectively communicate with the other person in that relationship and and just being flexible through the process. That is something that I am always working on. And no matter how, like, I think, you know, we talked a lot about expectations for others and relationships, but I think this also can be applied to yourself. So um, just being full and realistic and reasonable um, with your yourself and through this process. Um, I think those are, would be my, my top takeaways to kind of really start digging, you know, and, and answer, you know, unlayering, you know, digging the layers out and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to move forward. That would be where I would start. Yeah. I feel like that's a great journal prompt. So anybody who's, Mm -hmm. who's in that situation and you're just starting out, you know, journaling is so powerful because I think, um, one, it gives us the opportunity to like get our ideas out of our head. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's one thing to actually like, um, kind of have that internal conversation with yourself. But if you get it out of your head, let me tell you, it's going to help you sleep at night. It really does. I mean, I find it so beneficial, but also, um, you know, it gives you a means to kind of organize your thoughts a little bit and gives you an opportunity to, you know, like Jess was saying earlier, what, what are your expectations, but also you can list them out and then you know, prioritize them because just because you have a series of expectations, you know, are they reasonable? Some of them may not be reasonably met. So you need to having them actually on paper, I think visually gives you a means to like, yeah, go through that process. It gives them more life than just being like in your head. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much, Jess, for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. I would love for you to come back anytime. You are (laughs) always welcome. Um, And then for anybody who's listening in, you know, if you are enjoying this conversation, I would love if you would leave us a review. Um, Reviews help us to find new people who may be interested in the content. Um, You can also join the Soulful Wildflowers Facebook community, which we are live in right now. And it gives you an opportunity to join in the conversation, ask questions, um, you know, just be a part of part of the community that we're building here. Um, And then the last thing is if you are interested and you're feeling maybe stuck or you need a little bit help little bit of help on your self-development journey, definitely reach out. I would love to chat with you. Um, If there are any topics that you want to hear about in the future, you can reach out and you can do that through Facebook, Instagram, my website. It's all soulful wildflowers. I try to be consistent. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, thank you so much, Jess. It was awesome to talk to you today and take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.